to win a championship, first thing we got to do is eliminate our egos. You got to be in a learning state to become a better player every day. All the accolades will come when you win. We got to be fundamentally sound, blocking and tackling. We got to protect the football, we got to take it away. We got to run the ball and we got to stop the run. Smart, fast, physical, especially in the fourth quarter. That's when you kick their ass. Defend every blade of grass because you never know what's going to happen. Complacency kills. I don't need to get any better. I'm good. I got my spot on the roster. I'm good. That will kill your ass. It'll kill us. It's being accountable to each other. That's, that's a team. Now, what's our goal? To put a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today's December 17th, 2019. Got the game film done. In one day. In one day. It's amazing what you can do without a kid up your butt all day. <laughs> yeah. And plus when it's nasty outside. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be a relatively short one. But then we got some news to cover. Uh, let's get to the game review first, the film review. I, I'm going to tell you this was kind of boring. What? Yeah. Surprisingly, it was kind of boring. Uh, wasn't a whole lot on the film that we didn't see on the broadcast version. And that was a lot more fun in real time. Yes, it was. It was very much more fun in real time. I got to hand it to Jameis Winston. He played an excellent game. Besides the interception he threw, everything else was perfect. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot of scrambling for no reason. Uh, our, our offensive line did great. I mean, Trey Flowers was really the only defensive player on their side that gave us any trouble as far as the offensive line is concerned. How'd Josh Wells do up against him? Yeah, yeah, you know, as expected. Yeah, as expected. But they, they didn't put Trey Flowers up against Josh Wells as much as they should have. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, Josh Wells, he definitely had a rough start. Uh, but then he, he had a couple of decent plays, but he got beat a few times. So is he a serviceable backup? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the rest of the offensive line did great. And, you know, Javis Winston had plenty of time back there. I think that's really what... What allowed him to get so many yardage? We didn't have a lot of open receivers. I mean, he was throwing into some tight windows and making great passes. There, there was, he didn't have a single receiver that was open that he didn't see in this game. Maybe one, but for, for James Winston, that's fantastic. So he missed no open receivers? Right. He did not see. Or maybe one at the most. Yes, he, he did not have open receivers downfield that he did not see. He read the field very well, but they did great in coverage, uh, the Detroit Lions. I mean, they were sticking to our guys. There was not a whole lot of open receivers, but Jameis Winston was able to get the ball in there. Uh, This was really a game of two quarterbacks. Uh, Jameis Winston played very well. Blau did not. Yeah, that's kind of expected, I think. We forced him out of the pocket quite a bit. Uh, He threw some horrible passes. We tipped a couple of passes, and we just had great coverage, too. But our quarterback played a lot better than their quarterback. Our defensive line played better than their defensive line. But other than that, you know, it was pretty much what you saw on the broadcast version. Uh, Will Golston played outstanding. Oh, yeah. He had a good play almost immediately, didn't he? Yeah, when they forgot to block him. First first (laughs) defensive snap. They they did that a couple of times. There was one time where they forgot to block Vita Vea on a 
I want to say it was on a fourth down or a third down. It was, it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that just is just a gross oversight. Yeah, that was a, that was, <laughs> that was a really bad when you forget the block. A 350-pound lineman. Yeah, Golston had that play where he met at the handoff, tackled the runner. Besides that, he played very well. He was the best uh, defensive lineman we had out there, besides Shaq Barrett, of course. I mean, Shaq Barrett's always at the top of the list. But uh, Was Golston in more than usual because Bo Allen was inactive? Yes. Yes, Bo Allen didn't play, and so Golston took his spot, was the rotational guy. He probably got about 40% of the snaps. I wonder if... He is playing so well because of Sue. Because remember when Sue came into camp mm-hmm. and Goldstein was up his ass like a little puppy, like just falling around. I want to know everything that you know. <laughs> and on the one of the mic stops, no, it might have been on the all twenty-two. I was looking. The uh, Domicon Sue has his spot on the bench. It's all the way down. If you're if you're looking at the bench from the field, he's all the way at the very end, left hand side. It's where he sits every time. And uh, a couple times I've seen Golson sitting down there with him, beside him, with his helmet on the ground, sitting on top of his helmet, kind of at Sue's feet. <laughs> so yeah, I think. And if you've watched the mic'd up with Shaq Barrett. You can it see. is hilarious. That is my favorite mic'd up <laughs> yeah. of the season. Yeah, it beat the Whitehead one, which I thought was going to be hard to beat. But but at one point, I think they, didn't they sack Blau? Yeah, it was on Shaquille Barrett's sack. Okay. And Sue is on the ground, like on the bottom of the pile, and Vita gets up and he sits there and he's pointing and laughing at Sue hysterically. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is hilarious. And you can see Sue is laughing too, if you look hard yeah. enough. What had happened was Barrett came in from the edge, he speed rushed around, and he forced Blau to step up, and Sue was right there. And so Sue grabbed him, and Barrett came in from behind and hit him. And kind of knocked Blau out of Sue's grasp, but Sue still had his foot. He had his shoe. <laughs> and and uh, so Blau's like laid out with Barrett on top of him and Sue's laying beside him, <laughs> holding his shoe. And he pulls his foot, like pulling him closer to him. And that's when Vita's just like cracking up. He sta- Vita stands up and points at him and starts laughing. And you can see Sue's cracking up, too. Yeah. It, there's a real good chemistry between all these guys. But I wonder if does Sue get credit for that sack? No, they I did. Mean, they split it originally, but uh-huh. then they gave it to uh, Barrett. Yeah, Bonnie I, had the foot. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was it was really. I mean, Barrett caused Blau to walk into Sue, but then I mean, Sue beat his guy, but then Sue got knocked off of him by Barrett hitting the quarterback. So it, that's a tough one. I would have given it a half sack to both of them. Uh, but you're talking about the Golston. Learning from Sue. They're all learning from Sue. Sue has got this thing he does when, especially when he's run stopping, if he's being blocked or he's double teamed, he will spin backwards and spin out of the block. I've noticed they're all doing that now. Oh, yes. They've all picked that up from Sue. But they've all also picked up moves from Barrett. I've noticed even Sue is doing some of Barrett's moves now. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's cool. Especially that little kick out with the leg thing. Yeah. I've noticed, in this game, I noticed all just about all of them on the line doing it at least once. That is so weird. That Barrett, he's got so many moves, man. But that mic'd up was so good. Barrett has a lot of personality. He sure does, man. You can tell he's just on top of the world, man. He's a cloud nine. Yeah, he likes music. Very much so. He, he was singing along with every song that yeah. came on the, the PA. 
And they are. They were just having a good time talking to each other. And, and he's fast, too. He, he was telling everybody out there that he could outrun them, you know. But when Bunting, not Bunting, uh, Adams got that interception, was running it back, you can see Barrett turns around and, you know, he's looking for somebody to block. And he sees the running back running. And the running back's about five yards ahead of him. And Barrett runs and catches up with the running back and pushes him down. I was like, damn, that's pretty fast. <laughs> I think fast. you can see that on the broadcast where he just shoves that yeah. guy by the face, basically. <laughs> and uh, on that interception, he could see what was happening downfield. And he signaled to the rest of the defensive line that was kind of in his area that it was an interception. They all started running that way blocking. They had a good train going. And yeah. he, Adams almost got in. with the, the, the running back, it might have been Ty, that – Barrett knocked down. Uh-huh. Adams cut inside and kind of tripped over that running back. The running back was still on the ground. He was getting up at that point, oh. and he was able to to tackle Adams. Dang. Yeah, but yeah, they, our, our defense played great. Our secondary played great. Defense played great. Everybody. What's it? Great. The quality of the opponent, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta ask that. You know, because they they really just did not. The Detroit Lions did not look like they had any energy or any flight no. in them at all. Except for Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers was killing it. I mean, he was really out there fighting. That guy's got a motor, and he's strong. That Josh Wells is strong, too, though. Interesting. He just needs to get his feet better and, you know, be prepared for some of that speed. But he's a strong guy. It's funny because normally it's Jameis Winston that doesn't see open receivers down the field. But there was a couple times where Blau didn't see open receivers down the field. The one time, I think their their longest pass, 48 yards to Clay, I think is his name. Clay Travis. I can't remember. No, that's a sports guy commentator. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, it was a 48-yard pass. It would have been a touchdown. Chris Lacey? Yes, Lacey. (laughs) Clay Travis. Where did I get Clay Travis from? Isn't he a country singer, Clay Travis? does sound like a country singer, but no. He's like, I think he was on ESPN at one point. I've heard an interview with him. On that play, he was wide open the whole time, and it would have been a touchdown if... Blau wouldn't have got pressured by Barrett coming around the side. Uh, Barrett pressured him. He had to scramble outside the pocket, and it caused our coverage to kind of move towards the open receiver. But the reason why he was open is because we blitzed. We did a lot of blitzing in this game, Whitehead especially. Before he got hurt. Did he get hurt? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, So anyhow, the guy that was covering the receiver, he blitzes, leaving the receiver wide open. He was wide open for 50 yards running down the field. And it would have been a touchdown, but Blau got pressured out of the pocket and had to scramble around and he ended up throwing a pass and it ended up being a little short. The guy had to come back for it. But yeah, it would have been a, a, a complete touchdown. But there was a couple of instances where Blau did not see open receivers on the field. But there weren't that many because we had great coverage too. Did you hear what B.A. said about Carlton Davis today in the press conference? He compared him to I forget what cornerback it was. He said it was one of the best cornerbacks ever that couldn't catch a ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carlton Davis. Like, great at pass breakups, but... Oh, and Jamal Dean. Jamal Dean had a ball hit him in the shoulder pad. He jumped up. He thought, again, he thought he intercepted it. And it hit him. <laughs> he was in the air. It hit him in the shoulder pad, bounced right off. I mean, he went to catch it, and by the time he landed, he realized he didn't have the ball. He was like, oh, man. You can see, you see him just deflated. He's like, oh. <laughs> They'll can, probably work with them on that during the off season. I we, bet. We had a couple missed opportunity for interceptions. We did, I think, last week too. The the week before that with Indianapolis, and then the week I I think like three or four weeks in a row we've had opportunities for interceptions that they just didn't capitalize on. Well, they are defensive backs. That's why they're not wide receivers. Yeah, they can't exactly. Catch. But yeah, these guys are flying all over the place. Yeah, I wonder if they'll work with them on that during the off season. 
This is what happens when you're not rebuilding. You get to improve in certain areas, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, seems like we've been rebuilding for I a decade. Know. But this happens every year. You know, the new, a new coach comes in and everybody's like, oh, we got playoff caliber talent, you know? And then after the first year, And then year, they let it coach, all go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we got a team that's going to stick around for a while. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the off season. I know free agency is going to be fun. It's going to be sad. I'm got, there's not there's nobody on this team that I'm not going to be upset about that leaves. I know everybody on this team I like. But I mean, we don't have to lose anybody. Uh, right? Well, you know, generally you lose about thirty percent of your team. You know, that's about you average. Think so. And we have a lot of people coming up for free agency. A lot, so. and a lot of people are going to get paid. We're going to talk about that in a minute. OJ Howard should not be blocking. I'm just going to say that. He's just not a really good blocker. I mean, his his thing is he's big and he just kind of gets in the way. But he's <laughs> you know he can block cornerbacks and maybe linebackers, but you know these outside linebackers or defensive tackles and stuff. No, uh-uh. he they just need to stop doing that with him. Or he needs to work on it a lot in offseason because there's just so many times, usually four or five times a game, where he just gets destroyed on his blocks. Uh, I wonder if that's why he's not getting as many pass catching opportunities too. I always thought that Bray was not the best blocker in the world. He was serviceable, but compared to the rest of the tight ends we've got blocking, Bray's the best blocker out there. He uh, At 10.56 in the second quarter, Howard whiffed on a lead block for Perriman. It was when Perriman got the handoff. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an end around. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Oh, Perriman had – it was wide open down the field. All O.J. Howard had to do was block this one cornerback, totally whiffed. Didn't even touch him. The guy just went right around him, made the Is tackle. he not trying, or is he just not good at it? Uh, I think both. You know, he doesn't seem like he's really into the blocking, but even when he is into it, he's not really good at it, it doesn't seem. Yeah. But yeah, Perriman had, you know, that would have been a huge game, maybe even a touchdown, but there was nobody after that cornerback, and Howard just totally whiffed, didn't even touch the guy. In 907, I think we got, Winston got sacked twice, I think. Yes. Uh, the one at 9.07 in the second quarter, that was totally on him. 100% on him. He had that ball for almost six seconds. Oh, my gosh. In a clean pocket. <laughs> 5.77 seconds. Did nobody get open? With that, yeah, No, nobody got open. Okay. Like I said, I mean, these, these guys were covering our receivers good. Uh, nobody got open, and he held the ball, and he held the ball, and he held the ball, and it was 5.7 seconds before he got any pressure whatsoever, and then he just got sacked. He just... You know, somebody got him by the foot, and then it was down. So he should have thrown it away. He should have thrown it away, then. or ran one of the two. Yeah, yeah. We did. We blitzed Whitehead quite a bit. He was he was pretty effective too. Uh, he definitely pressured Blau quite a bit. Did they continue the safety blitzes once he came out? They started doing more cornerback blitzes, but they we were we were blitzing quite a bit. More, yeah. more so than we have in quite a few games. That interception, thirteen uh, fifteen in the third quarter. I think that was Adams that got the interception. Uh, that was just a bad pass by Blau. There was nothing special on anybody's part. Well, they did we have did. to catch the ball. Yeah, it was thrown right to him. <laughs> it went right into Adams' hands. He, he, it was good that he was in position, though. A couple of times in the fourth quarter, or the second half, the Lions would only rush three and drop eight back, and we would only have three or four receivers going out, and we'd still complete passes for – 12, 15 yards. Yeah, it was pretty bad for them. But a lot of them were just excellent throws by Jameis Winston. You know, he threw, he, th- he threw some really good passes in this game. He was on he was on point. He needs to break his hand more often. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you do that? But that's just got to be so discouraging for the Lions. You know, I mean, they got eight guys back there. Yeah. We've got four. We've been there before. Yes. That's what it reminds me of. These past two games reminds me of the old Buccaneers secondary. It just seems like no matter what you do, you just can't stop uh, at, at fourth, in the fourth quarter, four minutes and 11 seconds left, the interception 
that was almost interception by Stewart. If you remember, Jamal Dean defended the pass, blow through it uh, right before the guy caught the ball. Jamal Dean jumped in oh, front Darian of it. Oh, Darian Stewart. Okay. Yes, yeah. and it popped up in the air, and Darian Stewart had the interception, which I still, still think is an interception. Yeah, I don't see how they could have overturned that. I know. That was very strange. I mean, Minimum, it should have stood because you couldn't see right. the other end of the ball. You never Maybe saw Maybe they had a um, different angle. But... They, they, uh, the, none of the angles we saw, you could see the ball hit the ground. Right. Uh, that was caused by bunting. Oh. Bunting was blitzing. And he jumped up and tipped that pass. Oh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so game balls, defense, I'm giving away three. Okay. Galston, Bunting, and Whitehead. Bunting had a great game. Which is phenomenal because that's where he's from. It's his hometown, Detroit. Yeah, he was, play, he was playing Which is balls cool. to the wall. Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm glad to see how far that he's come from the beginning of the season because initially we were like, oh, I don't know about this guy. He was not great. When he started, gosh, you remember Jamal Dean's first start? Oh, that was horrible. He was he got roasted every yeah everywhere. What was that New Orleans? I can't remember. Yeah, wasn't that the one where Carlton Davis got ejected? That's right. Yeah, he came in uh, by necessity. Are you sure that was Jamal Dean? That wasn't somebody else. No, but no, anyway, I think that was Bunting. Jamal Dean's first game was was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, so they've come so far. I'm excited to see them grow. I mean, we're going to watch this whole core of guys develop over the next few years. Hopefully. They're homegrown. They're all young. Yeah. They're all draft picks. And they all like each other. They're going to be here for at least four years. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so on offense, game ball goes to James Winston. That's cool. I'm so happy for him and with him. I think he's really made some strides at the end of the season when it mattered. And he's gotten a lot of the fan base on board with extending him, giving him a longer, not not a super long-term contract, but maybe two years, three years. After these last two games, you know, I'm putting up a record that's never been done in the history of the NFL. There's no way you can release him. There's no way. I mean, the guy's floor is relatively high. You know, it's, it's, you're going to get the interceptions, and you're going to have the games where he gives, you know, multiple interceptions. And when Jameis Winston plays like crap, the team usually doesn't do good. But now that we the defense has gelled, the secondary's gelled, uh, you know, I think our defense can make up for that. But And hopefully those games will be fewer and further between now that he's more comfortable with well, the rest of the team. I am seeing a much more calmer Jameis Winston back there, a more... You know, he, he's more willing to throw it away. He's w- making better decisions. He's not scrambling for no reason as much. Uh, he's uh, reading the field a little bit better in this game. You know, last game, it was horrible how much he left on the field, but he did throw for 450-some yards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no way you can you can let Jameis go. His, I'm his, glad because I have the jersey, and I hate to have <laughs> another jersey where the person leaves the team, <laughs> falls into oblivion. His floor is relatively high, but his ceiling, as we've seen, is... I don't think we've reached a ceiling yet. No, I don't think so either. Just imagine a full season of him playing like he has in the second half of the season. Oh, my gosh. If we get opponents like that all year long, too. We've got to remember the first part of our season was a lot of traveling and a lot of good teams. Yeah. I think the travel had more impact than the opponents did. We went toe-to-toe with almost everybody. Yeah. I mean, the Saints were really the only ones that I would say beat us. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, we took the number one seed currently into overtime in their house. So there's something to be said for that. Well, the Atlanta Falcons did beat the 49ers, too. So And they beat the hey, New Orleans Saints. Hey, any given Sunday. And we beat <laughs> Atlanta 
So we're better than San Francisco <laughs> and New Orleans. That's football math. Football math. <laughs> so yeah, not a whole lot there. The video on YouTube, you can check it out. The companion video to this podcast, we'll call it. Uh, I've got some good stuff in there and some interesting things, but not as much as usual. It just seemed like we were we handled these guys so easy that we didn't have to really try that hard, you know. So there wasn't a whole lot of on the field shenanigans like you normally see. Could you tell what happened on that Jensen play when he got hurt? You, on Twitter, somebody said that him and Marpet kind of got tangled up. Yeah, you can't really see what happened, but he's blocking somebody, and Marpet comes over to help, and it looked like he hit his elbow. But, I mean, immediately, I mean, Jensen fell down immediately. He stopped blocking everything and just fell down. And after the play, all the linemen turned around and they looked over at him like, oh, crap. Yeah, I mean, he was like rolling around on the ground holding his Yeah, I saw him. And then he was so heavily taped after that. Yeah, between him and Kappa, they were both out there, one arm in it. (laughs) You know, like the three-legged race. It'll be like a (laughs) three-armed race. I know. (laughs) Between the two of them, they have two good arms. Their defensive line, I was really surprised at how little, I don't want to say effort, but push they got. I mean, they were just, Winston had clean pockets this whole game just about. Had plenty of time back there, which I think, like I said, was a large factor for him getting 450-some yards. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for the uh, film review. Got some news. Good news. Great news. Pro Bowl results came out today from the Buccaneers. Shaq Barrett will go. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Good. Good. That's fantastic. So, congratulations to them representing the Buccaneers. When was the last time we had three Buccaneers on the Pro Bowl? Long time ago. We should have had more, to be honest with you. I mean, Vita should have gone. I know. Levante David. Levante. It just annoys me that he's overlooked constantly. 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 It's sad. But, you know, the the, the Pro Bowl is nothing but it a popularity is a, contest. Yeah, it's a popularity contest. And then... We had some roster moves today, too. Scotty Miller got put on IR. So then we signed Spencer Schnell onto the practice squad and brought in Cyril Grayson. I don't know anything about him. Have you heard of him? No. He's going to wear number 15. And Luke Easterling, what is he, Sports Illustrated? I can't remember. Yeah. On Twitter, he said... Oh, I think that he was on, I think BA said he was on the Dallas practice squad, maybe. Okay. But I guess when he was trying to get in the NFL, it didn't work out. And he tried to drive for Uber for a while and then also got his certification to be a substitute teacher. And then he got the call from the Bucks. So here he is. Well, he said if this doesn't work out, he can Uber and teach. <laughs> He's got two fallback plans. Yeah. He ain't playing. There was practice today, and all the people injured. Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller, Whitehead, Donovan Smith, JPP, and Nassib, they all sat out of practice. Yeah. Uh, somebody had asked Arians on whether uh, Vernon Hargreaves, you know, we're playing the Texans Saturday, and Vernon Hargreaves is one of their starting cornerbacks. Somebody asked Arians if he will have a familiarity with Bucks receivers dealing with a slew of injuries. And uh, Arian said, he's not going to be familiar with our receivers. He doesn't know any of them. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. You can always count on Arians for a good press conference. Yeah. Going back to the Pro Bowl real quick, you know, when they have the fan voting, they have the coaches, and then they have the players, right? So each one of them counts for a third. With the fan voting, Shaq Barrett, who is leading the NFL in sacks and forced turnovers, was fourth among NFC players. (laughs) 
Wow. Was fifth among outside linebackers in Pro Bowl voting for fans. That, that's just ridiculous. You know, it just shows how ridiculous Pro Bowling is. The Pro Bowling voting or whatever. It's all just a popularity contest. I mean, it's fun if your players make it. But if they don't, it doesn't mean they're good or they're bad. Uh, Mike Evans was fourth among receivers. Third in the NFC among final van voting for the Pro Bowl. Chris Godwin was eighth. Seventh in the NFC. I mean, that's just mind-blowing that people could be that away. You're not going to understand voting for your team. Oh, I str- I vote straight Buccaneers down the too. ticket. I do, too. So that's what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good It's good to see that we got some guys in. They deserve it. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, Luke Keekley got in, and Trey Turner, their lineman. You know who didn't get in? Are you going to tell me? <laughs> Gerald McCoy. Oh, my. Which is kind of big because that was in his contract. I think he got like a half a million dollar bonus if he made it to the Pro Bowl. It might have been up to $2 million. I can't remember. We'll have to go back and look at his incentives. But he, he had to get six sacks on the season and a Pro Bowl appearance. I don't think he's going to get either one of those. But, you know, we did, he didn't get the Pro Bowl anyhow. So just thought I'd throw that little dig in there. It's been zero days since <laughs> Gerald McCoy's. <laughs> you need a boogeyman. What, what are you going to do when he retires? You're not going to have anyone to ridicule. Oh, I'll find somebody. Take some hill, maybe. Oh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> no, he's good. Uh, Julio Jones made it for the Atlanta Falcons and Alex Mack, their center. Really? I'm surprised anyone from their offensive line made it. Yeah. The Saints, Drew Brees, Cameron Jordan, Max Unger, Michael Thomas, and Teron Armstead made it. Their left tackle. Wait, wait a minute. I think I'm looking at last year's Pro Bowl. Yep, that's last year's Pro Bowl. Uh- <laughs> Man, I'm a big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, now what if Gerald McCoy does make it? I know. I'm going to have to erase all this. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the Pro Bowl? Okay, in your defense, it does say the 2019 yeah. Pro Bowl. Why would they do that? Why would they call it? Just to make you look like a big dummy. That's, well, <laughs> they're going to have to try harder than that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, from the New Orleans Saints, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. <laughs> pretty much all the same guys from right. uh, 2019. Taryn Armstead. All right. Oh, Grady Jarrett made it from the Falcons. Good. He deserves it. He's he's a good player. Was it on defense? Luke Kuechly did make it from the Panthers. He's the only Panther to make it this year. Oh, no. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> Julio Jones made it from the Falcons. All the wide receivers on the Pro Bowl are from the NFC South. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, let's look at special teams. Uh, Will Lutz from New Orleans, and then Deontay Harris from New Orleans. He's a return specialist. I don't know who that person is. A return specialist. I know. <laughs> he's he's on special teams, so he's a return specialist, so he's like a special specialist. Yeah. And also confirmed Jarrett McCoy did not make it. <laughs> okay. A couple, a few weeks ago, what, what would you say, three weeks ago, four maybe, when you were saying, hey guys, the secondary is not that bad. Remember that? And we just mm-hmm. gotten. Yeah, I got a lot. By, of, you got a lot of flack. I got for a that. lot of flack for saying that. A lot of flack. Well, Greg Allman with the numbers confirms you are correct, sir. <laughs> I paid so, him fifty bucks to do it. I'm <laughs> sure. This is since Hargraves was waived in the first nine weeks. Bucks were 32nd in pass yards per game allowed. 
We were 24th in opposing quarterback rating. In completion percentage, we were 16th. This is with Vernon Hargraves. With Vernon Hargraves. Okay. Touchdowns allowed per game, we were 30th. And interceptions per game, we were 19th. Well, in the last five weeks, we were 19th in pass yards per game compared to 32nd before. Opposing quarterback rating, we are 9th. We allow a 77.6. Wow. Quarterback rating compared to 100.3 with Vernon Hargraves. Completion percentage, we are fifth in completion percentage allowed. I'll tell you, we've... uh, 58.1%. We have got to be up there at the top for pass defense in the, in the last half of the season here. I mean, I, these guys have got to hold a record. because They just bat balls down like crazy. And then Jamel Dean's numbers are just crazy for having, what, like probably 200, 300 snaps at this point. Yeah, especially considering the first game he was in, how bad he did. Yeah. And to, to be, have I such good numbers now. I think that was Bunting. I think that was Bunting that came in in New Orleans. Well, whichever. Jamel yeah. Dean's first game was really bad. Yeah. In touchdowns allowed per game, we're tied for 10th. We allow 1.4 touchdowns. That's crazy. Wow. Compared to 2.4 before. Hmm. And then interceptions per game, we're tied for 12th. We get one a game. So a market improvement for sure. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The secondary is head and shoulders above what it was starting the year. And they're fun. They're fun. They are. They are. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, interceptions next year. The Carolina Panthers plan to start Will, Gre- at, Will Greer at quarterback oh, versus the Colts. Poor Kyle <laughs> Allen. He's going to be the fall guy. Yeah. He's the reason for their downfall. Uh, I found the information. The full breakdown of Gerald McCoy's contract with the Panthers was one year, $4 million to sign, $3 million base, 500000 camp roster bonus, 500045 man per game bonus. Incentives are six and a half sacks, he'll get five hundred thousand. Eight sacks get him one point five million. Pro Bowl would get him two hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred and fifty thousand for the playoffs. He just got four million was only that's the only thing guaranteed. The rest of it was incentives. So he ain't getting none of that mess. He's definitely got out getting eight sacks unless he pops off what two four game sacks. Yeah. Well, I think he gets seven million. So the four million dollar signing bonus and then the three million dollar B, so I don't think it was that much. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I think as far as, like, guaranteed money. Yeah. Well, he's not getting the $1.5 million, yeah. 250000 for the Pro Bowl, the 250000 for the playoffs. So, anyhow, <laughs> I don't know if he'll be able to feed his family now. He'll be homeless. <laughs> he's got all that Buccaneer money. <laughs> I know. hundred-some million he got from Ugh. us. What's going on with the Falcons? Anything? I could have swore I heard some news about them today. All right. Well, that's about it. There's no more news. I mean, we could talk about all kinds of stuff. I do not want to talk about Drew Brees' record. I don't care. James Winston's going to break it eventually. Oh, yeah. They set all kinds of records Monday night. That was just a beat down. Poor Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, we broke Indianapolis. Yeah. And then on Monday night football. <laughs> yeah. They looked bad. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Christian McCaffrey needs 388 yards to break uh, Chris Johnson's 2,000 yards in a season rushing. CJ2K. CJ2K. Or is it yards from scrimmage that CJ2K's got? I can't remember. Anyhow. Yards from scrimmage. Okay. Other than that, football's still here. We got two more weeks. Don't forget, we're playing Houston Saturday, so plan your weekend accordingly. It's not Sunday. 
I'm excited about that, but then I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do with my Sunday? Like, have to watch everyone else's games? Yeah, yeah, we'll do something around the house. Sit and watch football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it on in the background. Yeah. I haven't watched any Houston film yet, but I am kind of worried about this game. I've watched a few of their games, you know, broadcast versions. And with us having all of our receivers out and all that, you know, <laughs> this one might be a tough one. So Molly's going to have the game review Friday on the podcast, so we'll find out if we're going to win or lose. She's going to let us know. Have an accurate score prediction like last time. <laughs> you were close, man. I was close. Four points away? Four points away, yeah. You said 42-17. I was like, wow, that's really going up there, but that was... I call it a blowout. Yeah, you sure did. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to stay and listen to Bruce Arians' podcast from today... Press conference. Pro, <laughs> Bruce Arians is... I would love it if he had a podcast. He's got that uh, half-hour talk thing with... Casey. Yeah. You know, they always have a weird background. Like, they do the kangles up on the wall. It's mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, it's, it's a little I get distracted looking. by all the hats. Yeah, it is kind of strange looking. But we'll have the press conference at the end of the podcast here. If you want to listen to it, this is the latest press conference. It's the one where he talks about Carlton Davis and some of the injuries we've got. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. Bo Allen, DeMar Dotson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tanner Hudson, Donovan Smith, and Jordan Whitehead. Um, obviously, within 48 hours of a game, we never go full speed. So it was a walkthrough, getting used to seeing what Houston does offensively and defensively and uh, getting some guys ready to play um, who haven't played much. Sure, a week like this, I mean, especially with some guys literally joining the team today, uh, it's probably a little more challenging as a coach. But I mean, uh, I'm sure you've had games like this where you have to get somebody ready. Oh, yeah, too many. That's the problem. <laughs> I've had way too many guys show up on Tuesday and have a role on Sunday. And uh, it's not it's not anything you'd like to have, but you embrace it and get them ready. Are there times when it's like the, the best instance of somebody that came in on the fly? And- the best one is was Red Bryant. We called him Thanksgiving. He was hunting. All right. He got on a plane, showed up Friday, and played 27 snaps on Sunday. And uh, that, that's the best one I've had so far. Receiver, obviously, is where you're dealing with this the most. But mm-hmm. Grayson has not played in an actual football game since 2011, but obviously he's been around the league. Well, what can he bring you in, in a short amount of time? Well, he has top-end speed. You know, when he had him in here for a workout early, um, he was somebody that we were interested in. And, uh, you know, he's been practicing with Dallas, that, so he's got he's in shape and ready to go. So it's just a matter of learning. He can't learn at all. Just get him a role, some things that he can do, and uh, and get him ready to play. Is the uh, routine pretty much the same for Jameis as it was last week? Uh... Yeah, you know, with a, with a total walkthrough practice, he's got to do everything today because there was no throwing. And uh, I doubt he'll throw tomorrow. No, hopefully we'll, we'll tee it up again Thursday. How's Mark Ribs looking on tape uh, for Houston? Uh, Bruce, how are you using him? He's, he's their nickel, and he, he's solid. Is your relationship with, with Todd Bowles goes back over three decades. Would you say the biggest factor and reason why you get along with him so well defensively, coaching-wise, is his aggressive style? Yeah, I mean, uh, they we our, our personalities match a lot in that way. Uh, that's what we want. We want to be a pressure team. Want to put pressure on you offensively and defensively. Um, he's one of the smartest players ever coached, and uh, you know, as a NFL player, who's a really bright guy, ran the defense for the Redskins, and uh, you know, knew he'd be an outstanding coach. I thought I'd be working for him. Tell you the truth. 
We hear a lot about you and the coordinators, but can you talk a little bit about what Tom Moore has meant to this ball club? Yeah, a bunch. I mean, Tom, Tom brings such an expertise um, on all levels. You know, just the coaching profession itself, the young guys just gravitate to him. Uh, he's a sounding board for me. You know, um, he's seen enough practices in his life to know a good one from a bad one and a young player who might be ready, might not be ready. So I get to bounce a lot of ideas off of him. He's very, very helpful for Byron because Byron trusts him. He was with him, you know, in Arizona. And um, Tom has a game plan every week. And, uh, and there's a lot of really good things in it. Last five weeks. Carl Davis has been as good as any pair of corners in the league. What, what have you seen from those guys, either through technique or just, I know they studied a lot. But yeah, I, I think, I think the, the studying of film helps, you know, the technique's gotten better, but they're, they're more anticipatory. You know, they, they see things coming. Um, there's a lot more confidence, you know. Um, I think with, with Carlton, like Jamel, you know, Carlton reminds me so much of Albert Lewis, who was one of the all-time great corners in this league, but didn't have very many interceptions because he just couldn't catch. Uh, but uh, PBUs was his thing, you know. Kevin Ross was on the other side, and, and uh, he would knock everybody out. But uh, those two guys remind me, Jamel, a little bit, but Carlton really of, of Albert. Because of the size of receivers, in the way the game is, you really can't get these guys. You're trying to, you're trying to create cover space, basically as much. Yeah, I think. Does the bigger corner help you. Yeah, there's no doubt. Length, you got to have length now, and uh, with with the what used to be the small forwards and stuff now playing football in high school and college, are all playing receiver. You know. The, some of the best athletes ever that don't make it in basketball anymore. So the, the corners have to adapt. You know, used to have the 5'9", five, 5'10", five, physical guy. They just eat off his head now. So it's a, it's a different game. The, the new receiver, you know, is kind of out of necessity. But on your practice squad, you guys have used a fair amount of spots on, on kind of developmental guys that have mm -hmm. track backgrounds, baseball backgrounds, played at other positions. How, as a coaching staff, how much do you guys like being able to kind of develop somebody like that? Yeah, I, I, I love getting my hands on athletes and, and molding them into a position. Um, Jonathan Franklin's a guy who was a quarterback, gets played some receiver, has, has a corner, he's got 4-3 speed, uh, you know, finding his spot. Um, you know, so um, McElroy, same thing. Big, tall, active guy down the field uh, has shown us that he can really run and catch. So... Um, yeah, those are guys I love. I love to get in and be able to just groom them. They don't have bad habits, you know. So you teach them your habits. Suppose you finish with a six-game winning streak. You finish nine and seven. I'd be pissed. The season's over. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a successful season or, or an encouraging season? Encouraging, because you look back at two plays and you'd be eleven and five. You know, would not make the postseason. So in that respect, well, I think eleven and five would get us in. You know. Uh, with the, you know the, the fumble in Tennessee and the kick in New York, uh, but that that's still in the rearview mirror. There's too much football left to be looking in the rearview mirror. Even though you, know, you guys have continued to play hard and, and try to win each game, you know Houston comes in here with a chance to clinch the division. I mean, these are big December games. One day, maybe next year, you mm -hmm. hope to be playing in big December games. Can that urgency that Houston feels help your team kind of experience? Yeah, because for us, this is a big December game. It's a good measuring stick, even without whoever's not playing. You know, it doesn't matter. 
uh, is still going to be a team going to the playoffs. We've beaten one team that was almost in the playoffs, you know. So it's we went to overtime with a number one seed on their in their place. So yeah, that's the things that I think you judge on. You look back when we get to that rearview mirror and you start evaluating where we're at next year. Challenge Hopkins, uh, Bruce. Who remind you? It's really, you know, for a for a fast guy, he's probably one of the most physical guys in the league. Um, physicality, Musha Muhammad, but he's faster. Like a, he's a combination of Muhammad and Stevie Smith. You know, he'll beat you up and just take the ball. It's his ball. He's going to take it, uh, and Deshaun's going to throw it to him because he knows he's going to catch it. Never dropped the ball, right? No, and uh, you know I, that video of him hanging upside down catching balls is. That's something amazing, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a tremendous player. As a player like Deshaun Watson, with all he accomplished in college, not be drafted as, until he was. Would have been drafted in the next pick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I think sometimes guys get labeled. Yeah. You know, uh, now with with Lamar's success, his success, people are looking for that guy now. Yeah. You know. Um, same with Pat Mahomes, you know, a different style athlete. But uh, you got that, that quarterback class is special. Whether they're looking for him or not, that's what they're giving you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it starts at high school and then through. I mean, so it's inevitable that that's, that's what you're going to find when you go looking for quarterback. Yeah, I think they're, they're still, you know, when you look at just a little bit, I've seen Joe Burrow, yeah. more of a classical quarterback who's an athlete. Um, Jeff Driscoll, who didn't play last week, you know, was that type of guy at Florida. Uh, but the, there's, there's so many seven-on-seven seven leagues now. It's kind of taken over high school football. There should never be a, a, a lack of quarterback play anymore as much as everybody's throwing the ball. Coach, you came in with the, with the win-now approach. And Jameis Winston aside, someone suggested that because of that approach that you wouldn't be willing to start over or you wouldn't want to start over with a younger quarterback. What do you say to those people that say that? No, we've won a lot of games with young quarterbacks, you know, uh, 15 of them in a row with Ben in Pittsburgh. Uh, so they don't scare me. It depends on who it is. Uh, I didn't mind taking Andrew Luck, and we went to the playoffs with seven other rookies. Uh, so it depends on the guy, you know. 